Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the podcast English for Life in the UK. This podcast is for intermediate level learners of English and is produced by a group of volunteer teachers from the St Augustine's Centre in Halifax, Yorkshire, where we provide a range of support and advice to those in need and in particular to asylum seekers, refugees and migrants. Now in normal times we run a course at our centre which is supported by this podcast but we are now recording these podcasts from our homes as a result of the virus lockdown and we apologise for a slight reduction in the quality of the sound. We hope that these podcasts will be helpful to anyone wanting to improve their English and at the same time learn more about life in this country. You can find links to other episodes and transcripts, that is the written version of these podcasts, at our website www.staugustinescentrehalifax.org.uk UK. Here you can find more information about the centre, about the support that we provide and for any of you that can afford it how to make a donation to help keep our work going. Today's episode is brought to you by Christine, Sheena and Mark and also includes an interview with Bola from the organisation light up black and African heritage Calderdale. So today we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter. And uh, we've chosen this topic because it has come right to the top of the agenda, right around the world. Uh, and the issue has been sparked by a particular event in Minneapolis in the United States, where a black man, George Floyd, was killed by a policeman. The policeman had pinned George Floyd an unarmed man to the ground and had his knee on his neck for almost nine minutes, towards the end of which George Floyd called out, I can't breathe, and then he died. Uh, and that event has sparked protests, demonstrations and events all around the world. The term Black Lives Matter originated in 2012 as a social media hashtag following the death of another black man. The organisation was formed to campaign against racism, police brutality and injustices in the criminal justice system. 
And for the United States, this is particularly significant in terms of the history of that country. The majority of black people in the United States today are descended from slaves, slaves that were brought to America under horrendous conditions uh, to work in the plantations. And for many years, black people were first of all enslaved, but then later were treated uh, as second class citizens for many, many years. So although slavery was technically abolished after the Civil War in the United States, segregation of the races and deep inequalities and injustices were felt by black people in the USA for many years. In the 1960s, a series of events led to what was called the Civil Rights Movement, where Martin Luther King and other significant black leaders campaigned for changes in the law to protect and give equal rights to black people in the USA. Now, there were significant changes as a result of that, and yet the inequality and the injustice has been has continued and has been felt by black people in America ever since. So this event, the death of George Floyd, has just been another event, which has but a very significant one, which has sparked uh, demonstrations and the raising of this issue about uh, injustice and inequality for black people in the USA. But in fact, this has, as I said, led to events all around, demonstrations all around the world, including in this country. Uh, so, Christine, tell us a bit about why is this significant in the United Kingdom? Well, it's interesting, Mark. I mean, the history of black people in this country is, is quite different from America, um, with the majority of black people coming to live in this country after the Second World War. Um, they were invited to come, black people from the, uh, from the Commonwealth. They, um, there have, of course, as we've mentioned in other podcasts, been black people, some black people living in this country for centuries but that's when a large number of people came. And they met with, uh, with racism and injustices when they first arrived. Um, and there, there, were, there were attempts to outlaw that. I mean, it was, it, 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 discrimination was outlawed. The first uh, Race Relations Act um, was uh, in 1965. And this, the race relations uh, legislation has been expanded as governments have attempted to abolish um, discrimination and persecution of different races. What, what happened in two, in, at the end of the 1990s was that one particular, a black lad was killed in London and the response by the police, the Metropolitan Police, to his death was inadequate, basically. 
that people, there were some, a group of white youths who stabbed, Stephen Lawrence was his name, and the police response was really shocking. And um, there was an inquiry, Macpherson report, which led, in fact, to an amendment of the Race Relations Act in 2000. And so since that time, since 2000, the police and all the public sector bodies have had a duty, not just to avoid discriminating, but to promote equality amongst groups of different races. Uh, and however, however, despite that legislation, despite the fact that it's illegal to discriminate and it is a requirement of public sector organizations to promote equality, black and minority ethnic people are still um, getting a raw deal. Uh, in, for example, um, black people make up 3% of the population and yet 8% of deaths in police custody. Black people are three times more likely to be arrested than white people and more than five times more likely to have force used against them by the police. There are also inequalities, not just in the police service, in terms of health at the moment. Um, with the COVID-19, Black, Asian and minority ethnic people are uh, much more likely to die of coronavirus than white people. So it's not surprising that black people feel aggrieved. And so they, people across this country were quick to take up, take up the mantle, if you like, and to join in the protest. Sheena, I think you know a bit more about the protest in Bristol. Is that right? Yes, I have friends in Bristol that have been friends for 40, 50 years. Um, and last week, last Saturday, their daughter, Alex, who was adopted herself from Sri Lanka, so she's quite dark skinned and has always lived in an environment surrounded by white people. Um, and her, her parents told me she'd become very impassioned by the Black Lives Matters movement. And she sent me through her um, placard that she had just made that said, I can't breathe, a very bright orange background with black letters that could be seen very clearly in the, in the crowds last Sunday. Um, and so Alex and her parents who are, who are white um, went along to the, the march last week and they found it um, very moving, um, very emotional because it's been a, a, a big issue in Bristol for a long time. Um, Bristol Council have, um, they have 2% of the people who live in, in Bristol are from a black or Afro-Caribbean background. And there's been moves in Bristol to, to make changes for the last 20 years to certain things especially the Colson Hall, which is a concert hall named after Edward Colson. And this issue has been 
going on for, I would say, at least five years now, changing the name of the concert hall. But because the council never can make a decision about it, even though there's protests and there's been petitions, nothing has happened. So a lot of people who've tried really hard through democratic means have become very frustrated. And during this, during, I think everyone knows about this now, but during this very peaceful uh, procession of people and protests where there were very, very few police pr um, presence, hardly any police were around, and the crowd, they knelt for their eight and a half minutes in silence. It was very disciplined. They kept their distance as much as they could and everyone wore masks. So it was a very peaceful protest. And then they didn't know about it. But then meanwhile, the statue of Edward Coulson was pulled down very easily from his plinth, just four tugs apparently. And then he was rolled into the sea. So who was Edward Coulson? He was, he was a... A, a, a merchant but his his trade was in well part of his trade was taking black africans from africa and selling them in the americas to provide labor and as part of the slave trade so we transported three million slaves to africa and he 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 was responsible for nearly a third of that transportation so he was very significant. People in Bristol until maybe 10 years ago only knew him as a philanthropist because he had a school, he had almshouses. So they only knew the good things about him. And then in the last 10 years, it's emerged about the slave trade and that the wealth that he had and a lot of the wealth in Bristol came from, that, from selling slaves. Mm. It's interesting what you say there, Sheena, that, that very few people in Bristol knew about the history because the truth is it's very much glossed over yeah. um, about how the British Empire became so rich, became so wealthy and became so powerful. And there's one of the, one of the uh, demands of the people who are protesting at the moment is to make changes to the school curricula because uh, there is, there is um, what's called Black History Month at the moment. And many schools, uh, many schools do during one month in the year, include some mention of the history of black people in the United Kingdom and about the, the sort of reality, the evils of British imperialism, as well as the good you know, to, to bring some balance to it. Um, but there is call for a substantial rewriting of the curriculum. So I don't know what will come of that, but I'll be very interested to see. Christine, I'm reflecting on the, our use of language here. It seems to me um, it's important that we understand a bit about what, how language changes in relation to this issue of race 
um, and also what is considered to be appropriate language to use these days. Would you like to say a bit more about that? Well, yes, but of course I'm a bit nervous because it, it can be very sensitive which terms are used. I've worked with people from black and minority ethnic communities for, for decades. And when I first started working, we talked about minority, no, in fact, we first started talking about ethnic minorities. That was the, the phrase that was used in the 70s um, or 80s. And then we started talking about black and minority ethnic people. And the black would have a capital B to, to say that it was a political word that didn't just refer to skin color. It was about people who identified as black regardless uh, of their skin color. Uh, recently, uh, then it was, well, I, I, there were a few other iterations there, but recently people I noticed are talking about BAME, black, Asian and minority ethnic people. Sometimes it's shortened to BAME or sometimes people say people from black, Asian and minority ethnic communities would be another way of phrasing it. In America, um, in the past decade or so, they've talked about POC, people of colour, POC. And that term is now being used in this country. And what about, Christine, what about the term institutional racism? That's something yes. that's been talked a bit about as part of this issue. Yes, I mentioned the McPherson report and the Race Relations Act, Amendment Act of 2000. Um, that was the first time that institutional racism was recognised as a fact, a reality. And, and Stephen, when Stephen Lawrence was murdered, um, the inquiry did not find that the police officers who were um, dealing with it, handling with that, that, that death, that they were individually racist. They didn't, they didn't find that they were individually prejudiced or discriminating or racist themselves, but it was that the whole way that the Metropolitan Police, the Met was set up, just meant that because the call came for a young black lad who'd been stabbed, the response was much slower and it was inappropriate. It wasn't taken as seriously as if it had been a white person. And so that was institutional racism. So it doesn't require, doesn't require an individual to be racist, but the whole way that an organization is set up, it means that the effect is that, that, that um, people from different uh, ethnic backgrounds are treated uh, poorly, not as well as white people. When we decided we were going to uh, talk about this subject today, we thought it was really important to talk about it. We're conscious that many, probably the majority of our listeners are from black and minority ethnic backgrounds. Um, and this issue being such an important one, we thought it was important that we addressed it within this podcast. However, we are very conscious that the three of us recording this are all white and I think we should say all privileged white as well. Um, so we have done our best to reflect 
the context of this issue, but we felt it was very important that we heard the voice of uh, a black person from our local community. And so I interviewed uh, Bola Adams and uh, we will play her that interview now. So, uh, Bola, thank you very much for joining us. Would you like to just introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, my name is Bola Adams. I just want to thank God for this opportunity. For me, it's a privilege, and I also thank Mark. Actually, as I've said, my name is Bola Adams, and originally I'm from Nigeria. I moved to Halifax, and I started up an organization called Lighter Black and African Heritage Caldo Day. So that's the organization I'm working with right now, as I shall know. That's great. Thanks very much, Bola. Um, so tell us, what, what do you think the significance is of the events that have unfolded around the world over the last couple of weeks? Well, for me, it's a big thing that has unfolded, as you, as you rightly said, the significant thing. is, is I think most um, black African people or black culture or black heritage people, I think they've been quiet for so long. And what just happened to George Floyd brings out the voice. It's like it's, it, there's a proverb in my country that they normally say that when you start, when you beat something, or let's say you are beating a child, if you keep beating the child, even if you're older than the child or you are younger than the child and you are beating the child, it will come to a point where the child will turn back to you in a bad way, in a violent way, and said, please, can you leave me? Don't kill me. Such things happening now all over the whole world. We've seen what has been happening. So many things have been happening to Black, especially all over the whole world, not even in America, even in UK, in parts all over the whole world. We can see what is going on right now. So I think what has happened now is just voicing out. People are just saying, is enough, is enough. I think... We have been quiet for so long. There's a there's a there's a scripture in the Bible that says, "I've been crushed, I've been broken, but still I'm I am not letting go." But I think this is the reason why everybody is just speaking out now that we can't take it anymore. We've been so silent. You've been treating us badly. And if you look at the scene that happened to George Floyd, I I, I pay tribute to him. If you see what happened to him. At the last part, when the police lay his news on him, he said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. My stomach is halting. So for me, it shows a lot of things that is going on in all over the old world. Many people can't breathe. Many people can't. It's just halting them. They can't speak. And people are crying. They are die dying silently. So I think what has happened has brought a big voice that, no, enough is enough as black community as a diversity of an immigrant in the nation, wherever the nation they meet themselves, we are just saying, no, enough is enough. We need to cry out. We need justice now. We need to say no to what is going on around all over the world. So I think that's what that's, is happening now, yeah. That's that's great. Thank you, Bola. Um, and, and you touched on mentioning uh, this country there. Well, what do you think the significance is, particularly for the United Kingdom? I think for United Kingdom, like one of the the um, the, what, uh, the scroll you sent to me, the, the the subject you sent to me, 
I, when I looked at the life of Stephen Lawrence, I'm gonna bring that up because th this happened in UK. I'm gonna bring that up. When I looked at the significant, when I went back and I researched about the old story about this young guy, a white people coming out, stabbing the boy yes. in the night. And to me, I see if Lord Stephen Lawrence is my own younger brother, is my own blood and somebody is stabbing him. And if you look at the scene, the story I gathered about him is that even when they stab him, even when he was injured, everything has gone out of him. But with the pain, he still grew, he, he came up and he was running for his life. The same thing as George, he was running for his life. He's saying, I can't breathe. And if we are going to take away the color of, we are all shouting, you are white, you are black. If you take away the color of black and you take away the color of white, the same blood that runs into you is the same things that runs over both yeah. of all. The same veins that runs past through you, the same brain, the same eye, is the same thing. It's just the color. So I don't know why they are racist. I don't know why the white people are saying, oh, because you are, you are black move you're a monkey i've seen i've researched and i've seen that no this have to stop i think that's the reason why everybody's voicing now i think george floyd has brought out a lot of pains you know when a pains is growing it's just like a pregnant woman when you are pregnant on the day of labor you feel pains because why a bet is coming out so i think the pain is too much for people to carry the pain is just too much and people uh, george floyd now gave back it that now I need to voice out. For UK, I think this is the reason why people are out there and say, no, we have to stop this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bola. That's very powerful. Um, so last question, what, what, what would you like to see happen now as a result of these uh, demonstrations, the outcry that there has been around the world? What would you like to see happen yeah, thank you so much for that question. One thing I want to say is that, yeah, I've been listening to the news. I've been seeing a lot of things that is going on. Yeah, I had the black community are saying, now we need to start saying the history of black people, putting it in the curriculum of the education in UK. Yes, that's one thing I want to see. Let the white people know, because I was speaking to somebody, the reason when I sat down and I was thinking and I was pondering over it, why are white people behaving that to black? I looked at it. If you look at it, it's all over everywhere. Even royal in, in the Queen's room is there. We see Mega marrying to Harry. One day they just came up and said, no, we can't stay in UK. We are going to Canada. If you look at it, what is going on? One of, I think one of the MP was saying maybe it was racist. It might be, we don't know, but I think that might be part of it that Mega said, no, I don't think I need to, I don't need, I need to go through this again. So I think I just have to have me and my family alone. So as I said, let them tell the white people how the black has come into face. Black didn't just come into face. I'm going to use Nigeria as an example. UK, Britain colonized Nigeria. UK Britain colonized a lot of African people there and they are taking royalty every year. They need to tell it to the white children. They need to let them know that these are the things that is going on. Black didn't just show face. I was, I was researching about the Edward colony. And when I look at his, at his record, he was taking the black people, he was bringing them into America, bringing them into UK as slavery, using the money he's getting from there, helping the economy. 
that is bad. For me, he's using blood to make himself big. They need to tell it to the children of white. White people need to know that this is the reason. This is how black people are common. They didn't just show face. The same way you are brought up, that is this. So this has to be told to them. They need to know about the history of Africa. And also, one thing I want to make a change also in UK is that let there be love. Let there be love in the economy. Let there be love everywhere. In immigration, let there be love. As I've said earlier on, immigration people being hatred because you are black, they are looking for a way to frustrate you, not giving you your document. That needs to be stopped. They need to stop that. As I say, UK colonized Africa, and every year they are getting royalty from us. So what was the essence of this? You are getting from me and my own children, my grandchildren are coming into the country to, to, to make life and you are saying no to them. That needs to stop. They need to stop all this. And also I want the black people also to go out there being educated. They should stop all the violence. The violence won't stop all this. Killing each other won't stop all this. Rather, we all need to come back together as one and work with love. And before I go, I'm just going to make one of our mission statements as a black, as a lighter black, black African heritage in day. One of our mission statements is quoted from James 3.18 in the Bible. It says you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its result. Only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. So let's all come together as a brothers and sister, as one, as a family, being peace, there is love. Yeah, black, oh, you are facing a challenge. A white brother, a white sister comes to you, lift you up and help you. So these are the things I want to say. These are the things I want to say. Thank so, you. Thank you, Bola. That was very powerful. Thank you indeed. That's fine. Thank okay, you so thank much. you very much indeed. And thank Thanks you thank you on behalf of St. Augustine's fine. and uh, all, all our uh, all our students. That's great. Thanks for that. Okay. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Yeah, so, Christine, I think that was a very passionate um, interview uh, with, with Bola, um, which really reflects how strongly people, black people all around the world are feeling right now. Yes, I, I agree. I, I, I'm glad you interviewed uh, Bola, Mark. Thank you. And it, it's important that we remember that the, the significance of this in people's lives. As we are, the three of us are, are white people, we don't have to put up with racism. It's not directed at us in our daily lives, but our uh, black, a Asian and minority ethnic uh, colleagues and friends, they put up with it. I won't say every day of their lives, but it's built into our society. It's not surprising that that she is so passionate and people like her are yeah. so passionate. And in fact, her people are saying, we're not going to put up with it's it any longer we're going to we're going to really uh, argue for and 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 I, I was impressed with the fact that she had very specific proposals as well about how to take things yes. forward um, and and her acknowledgement as well that um, many white people um, are, are also are angered by by this and and want to see significant change yes, as well. Yes, that's very interesting. In the protests in this country and in the states as well, as well as the 
black, Asian and minority ethnic people, there are many white people, they're allies, that's a term that's used now, who are standing alongside them. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, my friend said the, in the Bristol March, in the protest, there was at least 30% of the people there were white, including the people who pulled the statue down and who have been since arrested for doing it. Yeah. Interesting. And I just hope that something will come of it. Because, I mean, the law, the law in this country, it was brought in in 2000 with a lot of hope for change, but not much change has happened, well, particularly not in terms of the criminal justice and police system, perhaps more so in education and health, but there's still a long way to go in that respect. Language support. In this part of the podcast, I will choose a few of the words and phrases used in this episode and explain them in a little more detail. I should say that this episode contains quite a lot of difficult language, so don't worry if you don't get it the first time. Early on, I used the phrase social media hashtag. Social media I expect you do know, can refer to Facebook, WhatsApp, Twitter and other forms of media through the internet. A hashtag is a sign that can be attached to any social media post and is often used to gain interest in a particular subject, interest and support for that subject. So, Black Lives Matter became a hashtag used throughout social media. We said that a particular event had sparked demonstrations now, a spark is usually from a fire um, and can be used uh, to light another fire. But in this case, to spark a, an event or a reaction simply means that something has happened which has quickly led to something else happening as a result. Segregation uh, is a word meaning the separation of or treating separately of different groups, in this case different races. We talked about black people being aggrieved by. That means they were unhappy about, they felt that something had happened which was not fair, was unjust, so they had a grievance, that is a, something then that they feel that they rightly don't feel happy about, 
And if that happens, then you can say that you are aggrieved. Christine said that black people have been getting a raw deal. That means that they've been treated unfairly. They've had a bad deal, a bad arrangement, something that has not worked in their favour. That is a raw deal, a bad deal. She would then went on to say that other people, the demonstrators, the protesters, had taken up the mantle on behalf of those black people who had been discriminated against, treated unfairly. To take up the mantle is to do something on behalf of other people. So even if somebody themselves has not been the subject of racism, or indeed us as white people um, have not experienced racism, we nevertheless take up the issue on behalf of those people who have. We take up or pick up the mantle on their behalf. When Sheena was talking about uh, the statue of Edward Coulson in Bristol, she said that uh, originally people had only known him as a philanthropist. A philanthropist is somebody who does good works and gives money to good causes. But what she said then was the fact that he was also a slave trader was something that had been glossed over. To gloss over something is to treat it as unimportant, to ignore something difficult or unpleasant. So the fact that he was a slave trader had been ignored for too long and now of course that is what has led to his statue being pulled down. Finally, Christine talked about many white people being allies with black people. And allies are friends who are on your side. So working together for something. That's it for this week. I hope you've found this episode useful and helpful. The transcript will be available on our website in a few days. And we recommend that having listened to this once, you then listen to it again, reading the transcript at the same time. So until next time, stay safe and keep working at your English. Thank you and goodbye.